2: Kurt, fresh off of being at the Super Bowl, me from being down in Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl. But Laces Out is back. Welcome in. It's been it's been a minute, pal. How are you?
0: It is it has been quite some time, but it feels oh so good to be back. It's mm-hmm. officially the NFL offseason. It's officially draft season, my friend. Let's get that it is. rolling. We had we had some big news dropping today, but uh let's let's get it let's get back on track here. We got a lot to talk about.
2: That we do and uh, as always you should be the unofficial third member of this show one of our our favorite guests a mentor to us and number one fan of my hair Matt Verderam, <laughs> is joining us as always what's up buddy
1: What is uh what's going on
0: he, He's he's disgusted by your hair I can I can tell I know, by the great. tone in his voice We
1: made a bunch of jokes before the show I <laughs> I uh I have not... I'll say while. this.
2: I didn't I didn't do anything to it this morning. I woke up, had a couple of classes, mm, and I just fine. haven't showered and washed it. Why not? It's just kind of crazy, right now. It looked great last night. I kept I couldn't get enough of how it looked last night. I have washed it, put all my little uh curling volumizer in. I know my that God. Matt is baffled by all these terms my I'm God. using right now, but uh, yeah, it looks. It looks fantastic when I attempt to.
1: I'm not even killing you for having long hair. Like when believe it or not, when I was in college, I had hair down to my shoulders. So oh, I can That's see
2: my I'm rocking the look.
1: Y- you know what? It was um it was ill advised. It was <laughs> I have a big head to begin with, and then stacked a whole bunch of lettuce on top of it. And I am Italian to the hilt, so it's very thick. It was just it was not good. I shaved it all off and I've never gone back. Um, but uh I'm not knocking the length, but that hair is, you need like a building permit for that thing.
2: There's a lot going on. It, no, there is, there is a lot on my head and, uh, I didn't expect it to be so much. Cause like before when it was straight, I mean, it was, you know, it was straight, straight hair, and then I curled it, man. It's just thick now. It, goes everywhere it's but you know what it's uh it's the price you pay for wanting to look like a one direction member so here we are
0: i I Uh, love that i love that our first episode back in weeks we spend the first five minutes talking about jared's hair that's
2: fine you know it's (laughs) it's been it's been a talking point oh man i'll tell you stories about it later from the senior bowl and whatnot but we've got a lot to dive into um i didn't expect to talk about this so soon but jj watt is now a free agent um i think the vast majority of us expected him to not return to houston especially with his cap hit the everything going on in Houston right now, it was pretty much predetermined. He would be on a new team next year, but now it's time to figure out what that new team or who that new team will be. So Matt, uh, obviously there's a lot of prospects out there that would love the services of JJ. Watt. Um, where do you, uh, how are you feeling about it right now? What happens next going forward?
1: I'm not surprised he's, he's out of Houston. I would have been far more surprised if he was in Houston come week one. It just didn't make a lot of sense. They're rebuilding obviously. He's 32 years old this offseason. They need to find somebody, you know, younger at his position that they can groom. Other than they might trade him, but I actually think it was a good job by the Texans just to release him and let him go somewhere he wants to go. It's the first positive thing I've said about the Texans in a while. Mm-hmm. That all said, he wanted to leave for a reason. It's because they're a tire fire. Um, everybody's pointing to Pittsburgh and Green Bay, and I get it. Like, Pittsburgh's got his brothers, Green Bay, it's where he's from. But both cap situations are really interesting. Pittsburgh has a lot of its own free agents to sign and to deal with, whether you're talking about Tyson on Bud Dupree, Juju Schmidt-Schuster, Alejandro Villanueva, obviously uh, Pouncey just retired this morning uh, officially. But, you know, the Packers, it's really the same thing. Like, they're they're way over the cap, and they've still got Corey Lindsley and, and Aaron Jones, among other free agents. So, sentimentally, yeah, sure. I'm sure those two teams make sense. I get, like, the Browns make a lot of sense to me. The Colts make a lot of sense um let's also say this almost every team in the league makes sense on some level i mean not many teams play their base defenses anymore so you can fit him into almost any scheme is and he's still a very good player he's not great like he once was but he's very good uh but i i think pittsburgh and green bay you have to say are the most intriguing options but i think just cap wise it's going to be hard i think you've got to start looking I, i think the colts make a lot of sense for the way they built that team and the way they're trying to continue to build it.
0: I think it, you know, it, it, all 32 teams will probably be in the mix or at least inquire on JJ watt, but he's not going to want to go to all 32 teams because he's been on uh, the dumpster fire. We just talked about with the Houston Texans. He's going to want to go somewhere where sign a two year deal, try for a super bowl, and what team is that, Matt? You mentioned Indianapolis. Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback right now. So, you know, it, it could it could switch just like that. They signed somebody that could be contenders. But I don't know if he's going to want to go somewhere where, you know, he goes from, from Houston where he has a great quarterback but no team around him, or he could go to Indianapolis with a, no team around him – or, sorry, a team around him but no quarterback. So, I'm just going to say my Buffalo Bills would look really good with J.J. Watt out there. But uh, then again – he does cost a lot of money, and the Bills got some some contracts to figure out here, along with Matt Milano. Are you going to pay him? Are you going to let him walk and maybe bring in a guy like J.J. Watt? I don't know. I, I don't see Pittsburgh just because it's going to take a lot of numbers to crunch to get him on that team. But that would be quite the duo on that D-line.
2: It would, would be, 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 but yeah. – I, th- I mean, Matt already pointed to it. All of the issues that Pittsburgh has right now, I think that JJ Watt, if you want him, sure. I mean, keep him on the list, but he's got to be lower down on that list because I would much rather see them bring back Bud Dupree for whatever price he's going to be asking for. There's going to be a market for him, obviously, and the likelihood of seeing Dupree back in Pittsburgh looks less and less likely by the day. Mike Hilton, I mean, that's another contract Pittsburgh has to worry about. They're more than likely going to get him walk only because Cam Sutton played so well in Mike Hilton's absence and they feel totally fine having him as the, as the new nickel guy. Um, Alu Alu played phenomenal. I mean, he, he had his best year of his career at age 32 this year. So, I mean, he's looked really good um, and they need him back. Um, they'll probably, if they do bring him back, it'll be more as the five technique, but I mean, they, if they wanted to bring in Watt, I would hope that they would, you know, Figure out everything else, especially all the things I just listed. Plus, what the hell are they going to do at quarterback? Because it seems that Ben wants to come back, but they're not going to—they're not going to bring him back without restructuring that god awful cap hit. So there's a lot that <laughs> Pittsburgh needs to do as well before they should consider bringing in JJ Watt.
1: Yeah, I mean, look—you know—they have other options that they've got to look at first. And I think if you're JJ Watt, and and uh, look, Kurt, you said this—he's got to be looking at going a contending team. You know, I don't, I don't care. I mean, you know, Jacksonville could offer from all the money in the world. That's not saying he would. But as an example, and it it doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go there if you're, if you're JJ White. You've never played an AFC title game before. So, exactly. you know, I think you've got to be looking at teams like Indy, Cleveland's interesting. Buffalo's an interesting team um although the bills as you mentioned like they've got their own situation mind with milano is he believes you can get top dollar if he can mm-hmm. get top dollar it's probably elsewhere just figuring the way the cap situation is now, can he get it i don't know it's one thing to think it's another thing to get it um maybe he's valued he's a good player being on the, <laughs> the nfc side of things if you're jj Watt, i mean i've seen people say tampa tampa's got a million guys of its own yeah. i don't mm-hmm. know that that adds up and makes a ton of sense in my head you know a team like seattle Maybe that may I I think I think if you're him, you want to go somewhere where you feel like you can get a ring in the next couple of years because that's probably what he has left. Yeah. Um, that narrows it down, in my opinion, to ten or twelve teams. You know, is Tennessee, interesting. Maybe they were awful defensively. I don't. You know, he helps. Does he fix it? No. Um, but there's going to be a lot of teams in the mix. There's going to be a lot of teams.
2: Tennessee had the worst pass rush in the league last year too. So I mean, if he wanted to go to division rival Titans, that would be. I mean, he'd help, but it's all there's got to be a matter of him staying healthy as well because obviously that's been a big question mark throughout his career
1: right
0: I, I think I think a big one Matt you just mentioned that there's Seattle because we we saw what Seattle did with Jadavian Clowney obviously he didn't really you know pan out exactly they bring in Carl uh Carlos Dunlap he played well when they made the trade for him I I could I could see I could see it happening I wouldn't put Seattle as one of my favorites but there's some, apparently, some some tor- turmoil going on in Seattle. I don't know. How, how can an organization be mad at their quarterback, Russell Wilson, for everything that he's done for them? It doesn't make sense to me. But we can talk about that in a sec. But I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. If I'm Green Bay, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I go to my front office, I say, get me a guy on defense. Get me a wide receiver that I can play with, or else I'm just – I will be livid because he's so close. The team is so close. Obviously, you know, JJ Watt wouldn't be the complete answer that they need, but that would be a huge help on green Bay. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I go up to the front office and I say, get me this, get me that, get me this. And I'll be happy. You need to please that quarterback because the questions with him, not wanting to be there, the questions of the team possibly wanting to trade him. You give that guy anything you want and you go all in for a ring.
1: Yeah. I you're so close. Back to back losses Nancy title game. The defense has been an issue. If you're the Packers, yeah, you've got to do everything you possibly can to win. Now, is that Watt? I don't know. I, I think to me they should be looking at corners and just saying mm-hmm. like, we have got to go out and get past defense because they have Zarya Smith, they have Preston Smith, they have Kenny Clark. But does Watt make him better? Sure. He makes him better. He's a good player. Um, you never have enough good players. But if you're the Packers you got some interesting choices. Again, I mean, this is a year that's not normal. The the cap is going down. And so you have a lot of teams that are scrambling financially to figure out what they're going to do. Um, It makes it very difficult. It makes it very, very difficult for some of these teams, like a Green Bay, like Pittsburgh, to have a million guys to sign already on their own rosters who are good players. Are you going to let them walk to sign J.J. Watt? Like, Look, I I like J.J. Watt a lot. He's a great player, okay, first ballot Hall of Famer. And obviously, he's somebody who's been a pillar of the community in Houston. His, his uh, you know, his, his personality, his his character above repro- uh, reproach. Excuse me. But I mean, here are his numbers since two thousand and sixteen began. Three games played, one and a half sacks. Five games played, no sacks. Twenty eighteen, great year. Played all sixteen games. Seven forced fumbles to lead the league. Sixteen sacks. Last, uh, two years ago, twenty nineteen. Eight games played, four sacks. Last year, 16 games played, five sacks. Like, he's a good player. And I get he played on a higher fire of a team. (laughs) He got all the attention. I understand that. I'm not saying he can't have eight to ten sacks. But are are you willing to pay for past production? Or are you willing to pay for what you're going to get? I'm willing to pay for a little bit of past production based off of who he is. And, and you, you might be saying, all right, I'm getting a motivated guy. But I don't know that I'm willing to pay an exorbitant amount of money for a player who, again, I think is good and can help. But I don't know that he's great. And I wouldn't go breaking the bank and not paying one of my other guys in the room and, and, and trying to pay him instead. Now,
0: how, what do you think prediction-wise for a contract? Because I, I would say he would probably be looking for a two-year contract, what, around 10, around there, I would think, 9 to 10?
1: It's tough. And I don't think you're wrong. I think, you know, look, I can see it being a typical NFL deal where it's like three years and 30 million, 36 million. But then it's, you know, it's really like a two year deal for 20 million. And Mm -hmm. there's incentives. And the third year is like a team option, something like that. But these things are hard, man, because all of a sudden you get like one or two teams that just really want him. And it turns into a bidding war. It's weird. I mean, I I think you're probably right. That's probably about where it is. Um, But the Texans did him a favor by releasing him now because he's going to get out ahead of all these free agents. So everybody's got as much money as they're ever going to have. He, I would expect will will do decently. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, okay, how many teams are really genuinely interested that he's also interested in and how much does that drive the price up? if it's one or two teams and it's, it's reasonable interest. Yeah. I think that's about right. If it becomes one of these things where you get two, three teams that are really in on them to have some money, Maybe it bumps up to $12 million a year. But, yeah, I think I think that's probably about fair.
2: Well, aside from the J.J. Watt news, obviously last week we had a little bit more news uh, with the Matthew Stafford trade to the Rams and Jared got to Detroit. We've really been gone that long, Kurt. My goodness. It has. I'm like, I just realized
0: that we haven't talked yeah, about that yet. Yeah,
2: no, we haven't <laughs> said a word about that. So um, this is interesting to me because a lot of people were pointing fingers saying that San Francisco was going to be pretty in on getting Matthew Stafford. It seemed that they were pretty close, and then the Rams swooped in, offered more than John Lynch was originally going to offer. They offered a one, and uh, that's what seemed to pull the trigger on the deal. How do we feel, Matt, about, you know, Stafford now in Los Angeles. Obviously, that's an upgrade over Jared Goff. What about, you know, Goff to the Lions? That doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-lasting marriage to me. Uh, So how do we feel about the trade for both sides?
1: I think trade is great for Detroit. Great. Really?
2: Okay. Great.
1: They got two first round picks and a serviceable mm-hmm. quarterback for Stafford, who's, who's a good player. But my God, I mean, he's, he's 32 years old and he's physically been injured the last couple of years. He's been breaking down. I think it makes sense for the Rams. And since, yeah, it makes you better right now, they're not going to have a first round pick for seven straight years. I mean, no offense to the Rams and their fan. Does anybody think that they're a favorite now to win the Super Bowl with him? I mean, are they better than the Packers? Are they better than Tampa? Are they better than Seattle? Nope. Like, no, they're not. They're not better than Buffalo. They're not better than Kansas City. Like they're, not, they're not even a top five team in the league. And you just gave up two first round picks. And I, look, I, I get it. They didn't want Goff. So fine, you gave up Goff. You don't care about that. To give up two first rounders. And by the way, that third round pick is still a top 100 pick. They have no draft. And, and I, I love these, these people who self-proclaim nerds who are like, well, it doesn't matter because they're just draft picks. Yeah. You know what matters? Cap space and having none of it. So when you go out and you get Stafford and you're giving up all these first round picks, those first round picks. Yeah. You might miss, you might hit on some, but those guys are cheap for four to five years. That is a huge deal. The Rams are so ridiculously top heavy financially that this team, you can't improve on this team. It is what it is. You're, and I, I look at them and I get it. Like, yeah, you're better now than you were a second ago but your future shot to hell, you have no picks. What happens if he gets hurt and plays eight games next year? Yeah. You're the Texans. That's what happens. <laughs> you go four <laughs> and 12 and you have no first round pick. That's what happens. Like, and there's a real chance he gets hurt. He was hurt two years ago. He played all the way in through, through this year. He played He played the 16 games. He was hurt. I think for the Lions, it's a no brainer. They weren't going anywhere. Anyway, you get three top 100 picks, including two firsts. Right. You give yourself all kinds of ammunition to move up, get get better players in draft, or move back and have a ton of picks, and you get you get a twenty five year old quarterback that you like. Yeah, like I'm not a huge golf guy, but he's not terrible. Like,
2: is 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 he any worse than Derek Carr? Yes. Yeah. Derek 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 Carr played. Derek Carr had a good year this year. I'll say that much. He's fine. How how many
1: how many playoff games does Derek Carr ever won? That's a fair. valid point, you know? Point. <laughs> Wait, I'm, and I'm not sitting here telling you I love Jared Goff. Do you think Derek Carr is going into Seattle and win that playoff game with a broken hand nonetheless?
0: No, that and that's why I, I think, you know, Jared Goff is a serviceable quarterback. Even if he's not the future, even if you're not trading for him to say, you're going to be our guy for 10 years. Right. He can be the guy for the remainder of his contract. And that, that's all you need.
1: He, he's a bridge to the future for them. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, if he balls out and he's great, well then great. Yeah, that's fantastic but if you're the lions they've been i mean look they have won one playoff game as a franchise (laughs) since 1957 my god one one (laughs) like you need to build this from the ground up you need to do Mm -hmm. it right i am i am definitely curious on their decision to hire dan campbell but i thought it was good they gave him a six-year contract now that may bite them in the ass because it's dan campbell and that may end up being (laughs) But like you have to create stability. Yep. You have, and also, let's be real. I'm sure Dan Campbell said, "If I'm coming to the Lions, you're giving me a lot of stability." But yep. Yep. I will say I like the staff he's put on the team. Aaron, Glenn, I was just is about to say that good yep. young defensive coordinator who's a, a lot of people think is going to be a head coach soon, Anthony Lynn, who who did an okay job in Los Angeles and who is a was a very good coach. He Dude, comes Staley. into the offensive coordinator. I, I like what they did, and they brought in John Dorsey in the front office. He will help them to draft very well. Nobody yep. has drafted better in the last decade than John Dorsey. So exactly, I think the Lions have had a great offseason. I really do. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I'm not. Uh, I'm sorry, Kurt. Jared, no, you thing.
0: you remember you remember when we had um, when we had Benjamin Raven on, and I said I said this offseason the Lions are making a big move. They need to you make did. a big move, change the franchise. You have been so mediocre. You have been the exact same thing every single year. And granted, Matt Stafford's been great since he's been there. Just you need to change. You need to change. They got a boatload of picks. I think Detroit won this won this trade big time.
2: I do too. I think the only question mark I had about it was you know the whole Jared Goff thing and what that means for their quarterback situation going forward. Love the picks that they got in return. That was phenomenal. And the Rams definitely overpaid. Um, But does this mean? I mean, if I'm the Lions, I'm still not ruling out taking a quarterback with one of these first round picks now because if. Let's say that they really like Trey Lance. If he's there, I'm not hesitating on pulling the trigger on Trey Lance. If there's someone like that available for them in that top 10 spot, I think that they still got to you know be proactive with that because I don't think Jared Goff's the long-term answer. Like we said, he'll be there for a couple of years. There's nothing wrong with redshirting a guy. There's nothing wrong with having him sit for a year. I think that Dan Campbell knows that he wants somebody else going forward. He wants to have his guy. They've been proactive throughout this entire offseason so far. I'm not ruling out them taking a quarterback in the top 10 is what I'm saying. This
0: this trade gives them flexibility. That's what it does. It doesn't give them or it doesn't put all the pressure on. We need to hit on this one draft pick. We need to make sure that this off season is the off season because now they have options. They have flexibility. If they want to make a move, if they want to trade some of these draft picks that they've accumulated, sure. Or if you want to stick with it and build young, even better. I mean, I really, I really do think that Detroit, I, I, I think they could be set up for the future nice. Um, but no, I, I think the Rams, they're going to be making the playoffs and then they're going to be out. They're going to make the playoffs, make a run for the division, then they're going to be out. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. I, I really don't think they will. You can save this clip if they do and, and embarrass me later, but I really don't think the Rams are going to win a Super Bowl.
2: I mean, I'll say this much. I do think that they're better than Seattle right now. I think that they're a hell of a lot better defensively than Seattle is right now. Yeah. They upgraded a quarterback. Offensively, they've got a better overall core of weapons than Seattle does. I get that Russell Wilson is a much better quarterback than Matthew Stafford, but I would still head – head-to-head, I mean, I, I wouldn't hesitate to pick the Rams over them. Matt, what say you?
1: I'd take Seattle.
2: Okay. Take Not by a ton. <laughs> well, I mean, I would take Seattle
1: because I, I just – when I think things are close, and I think it's close between those two, I just think about which quarterback would I rather have. That's
2: fair. Yeah. I'd rather mm-hmm.
1: have Wilson, right? Like, I, I just – look, I think the NFL – and we're going into a weird off season, so things are obviously mm-hmm. going to change, but like, I think the NFL right now is really easy to look at. Okay, Tampa won the Super Bowl, and so the immediate reaction is going to be, well, Tampa's the best team in football, which, okay, fair enough, they won the Super Bowl. But I have a lot of questions about Tampa going forward. That was a team that, to me, was great at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Can they replicate that with 44-year-old Brady and all these other guys who are aging in the defensively? I don't know. The Packers. I think the Packers are good again next year. Okay, Rodgers coming off an MVP season. But can Rodgers have another MVP-level season? See, I get the NFC, and I think the NFC is going to be in a lot of flux. The Rams are a different team. Wilson has thrown down the gauntlet in Seattle. Fix this offensive line has basically been the gauntlet. So, the NFC East, I mean, I I don't know. Like, does Washington get a quarterback? Because I believe in Rivera. The defense is pretty good. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl next year. But, like, they could be interesting. You know Dallas with Prescott. I don't. I don't love Dallas, but they're they're hell of a lot better with Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. who's the Bears' quarterback. There's a lot of flux. I like to me the NFC is a lot harder to figure out than the AFC. With the AFC I just look at it and it's like, okay. I mean, maybe like who's the Colts' quarterback? Like I'll hear that argument if it's Wentz, then I'm out. But like, okay, it was Watson. Is he going to be on Miami? Because then they're interesting. Otherwise, eh. The AFC to me, it's like it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo. I'm pretty much – I'm good. Like Tennessee with a defense maybe. Like Pittsburgh, I, I I like parts of it, but Pittsburgh I feel like is going to lose a lot of guys. And Roethlisberger to me is just kind of – it's over. So, I don't know. The NFC is interesting though. But I do like Seattle more than the Rams. But I, I don't like either one of them more than I like Tampa or Green Bay. Um, I think both those teams are still clearly better.
2: Yeah, we haven't said a word about the Super Bowl yet, gents. Um, <laughs> I, I was a guy who bet heavy on Kansas City and all their props, so I was disappointed throughout the night. But, um, Matt, we, we were talking about it before the show, and obviously being a Chiefs guy, you have you know, a little bit to say about it, I assume. Um, so take us through your night in terms of Super Bowl Sunday because I, I assume that wasn't too fun for you to watch.
1: It was, yeah, no, I mean, I, I would have been at the game, except for COVID, and would have been covering mm. it. So I actually drove home, and I watched it with my old man, who's the reason I'm a Chief fan. So I drove 14 hours to watch the game. Um, That's dedication. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't regret it, but I'll tell you. I mean, they got up 3-0. But it was, listen, I think it was a game, without going into the weeds here, give Tampa credit. They just kicked their ass. Yep. I mean, physically, up and down the field for four quarters. You know, sometimes it's that simple. Kansas City couldn't block. Tampa was in their face all night. Um, the Chiefs—the one thing that felt weird—and I can't remember a game like this in Mahomes' era where they just felt like they had no energy. They felt lifeless. It, it was very bizarre. Even when they were winning, there was no juice. I thought, you know, Tyreek Hill dropping that touchdown pass on on the what second drive of the game? Yeah, it was a killer. I know it was early, but you know, he catches that ball. Now you're rolling a little bit. You're up seven nothing. You're feeling good. Tampa's saying, Man, "My God, you know what can we do?" Well, it doesn't happen. And then the whole second quarter, look, I've seen a lot of chief fans bitch about the officiating. That's a waste of time. It's a loser. <laughs> right? Like, the officiating was not great, but it was not the reason they lost the game. Um, the game turned. You know, they got a goal line stop. It's, you know, seven is three, and they get the ball back. And They got out of the shadow of their own end zone. Kelsey drops a pass on third down. They punt. They pin Tennessee. Tennessee. Tampa Bay at their own 30. Penalty. You got to re-kick it. Townsend Shanks to the punt. Then they pick off Brady. Now that was the one call I thought was impactful in the game was that was a pretty dubious call on Sheferius Ward for holding. He didn't hold him. And and that, but then the Chiefs stopped him again. And they got to kick a field goal. And they the Chiefs have two different guys who are lined up in the neutral zone. Like, you're not beating anybody playing like that. You're just not. And I think, you know, ultimately Tampa played as well as it could possibly play. The Chiefs played about as poorly as I mean I really think the Chiefs on that day would have lost to seventy five percent of teams in the league if not more. And they were hideous. So give Tampa credit; they played a great game. I think you know going forward, you look at the odds for next year. The Chiefs are overwhelming favorites to win the Super Bowl. If I had to pick a team, it would be them. I say that I'm I mean they're just they're so much younger than Tampa, and I think you know the offensive line it stands to reason they'll have more than one starter in the Super Bowl, but. <laughs> It's interesting. You know, the only thing I'll say about Kansas City moving forward is I really do feel like in the AFC, with all due respect to your Steelers, I just think – I think Buffalo is the only team that really challenges them. I, I do. You know, and I get it. Some Bills friends might say, well, how far away were we with the AFC championship game? That AFC championship game, to me, was the way the Super Bowl was for the Chiefs. Yeah. That was just one of those games where the Bills didn't play well and the Chiefs played as well as they could play. Mm-hmm. And it was just not Buffalo's day. And it was the same thing in the Super Bowl. Do I think Kansas City is twenty some odd points better than Buffalo? No. Do I think Tampa Bay is twenty three points better than Kansas City? No, I don't. It Mm -hmm. just sometimes shit happens. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh's twenty points worse than Cleveland. It happened. Pittsburgh game. I don't want to talk
2: about that at all. My goodness. (laughs)
1: You know, I I think. I but other than Buffalo, I just don't see again Watson notwithstanding wherever he goes, Mm. who's going to beat him? Like, I mean, right. if the Chiefs are relatively healthy, who's beating them? They're going to win the division. Mm-hmm. The AFC South stinks. The AFC North, I mean, Baltimore, I don't know. Like, is Lamar going to win? I, I don't I don't feel that they're going to win with Lamar Jackson playing Kansas City in a playoff game. The Bengals stink. You know, Pittsburgh, like, I respect Pittsburgh, but it's – I don't – I mean, Roethlisberger, by the end of the year, couldn't throw the ball six feet. Like, I, I don't <laughs> know. And then the AFC East, other than Buffalo, who is it? I mean, Miami, I respect. But, like, Tua – I kind of feel like that. I feel about Baltimore, same way. So, I think it's a lot harder for Tampa to get back next year than it is for Kansas City, just because of the conferences and the ages.
0: I agree, and I, I think with the amount of contracts and and player turnover that they're going to have to deal with this offseason, it's it's not going to be the same Buccaneers team. I mean, you know, like like you said earlier, Bruce Arians could say you're coming back, but it's not that easy. Yeah, it's. This team is going to be different. Brady's going to be another year older. We've been saying that for 10 years now, and it seems like he plays better and better every year. But I think the thing that kind of both surprised me and impressed me the most about this Super Bowl was just the fact Tampa Bay was getting pressure with four nonstop. Yep. Just four, four straight. They, they weren't even running blitz packages. It was just four straight dominating the Chiefs. I was impressed, and I have never, ever seen Patrick Mahomes look that lost. Um, you know, he didn't play bad. His, his offensive line did, but he looked lost just running around the pocket in the backfield. So I, I'm with you. I, I think Tampa Bay might take a step back, um, and I, I would probably lean a little bit toward, towards Kansas City, depending on whether you do this offseason, uh, to, to be back there next year.
2: Yeah. Matt, before we, uh, before we let you go, what did you make – people were making so much of a fuss about the Patrick Mahomes comments in the postgame. Uh, what did you make of that? I didn't think it was anything bad at all.
1: I Honestly, I watched it and didn't think anything it when he said it. I mean, yeah. did anybody not watch the game? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, it would have been one thing if he just came out and was like, well, you know, I played great and everybody stunk. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. was like, we all stunk. Well, yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> we lost 31-9. Like, yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway was – not from his comments, but from his play. I mean, the guy ended up having you know, a pretty significant foot surgery a couple of days after the game. You always get respect in this league from fellow players and from coaches for the statistics that you put up. If you can throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, as he has, win MVP, you're going to get a lot of respect. What gained you a measurable, everlasting respect is playing as hard as he did, as hurt as he was when they were down hopelessly late in that game. How many guys just chuck the ball away and say, screw it, man. We're down by 20-some-odd points with five minutes left. We're not going to win. I'm fed up. Nobody can block. How many times was he back there running for his life for five, six, seven seconds, making unbelievable throws just to have the ball hit his guy in the face mask? (laughs) Like, to me, that's something that going into next season will serve both he and them well. Because if your guy who's worth half a billion dollars is playing that hard, And then his surgery a few days later on his foot, everybody else in that room takes notice of stuff like that. And says, okay, well, if he's going to do that, I have to do that. Mm -hmm. That, I think, matters. That was the only takeaway I had with him in the Super Bowl. I mean, people can talk about his stats, what he said after the game. I thought his toughness was the thing that got taken away the most as far as I'm concerned. Everything else, it's whatever. I don't don't think anybody cares in that building. In fact, I, I would be shocked if they did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he's a competitor. Yeah, you you made it to the Super Bowl. The goal of every single player in this league, every single executive in this league is to get to that game. It, it, it was clear what went wrong in that game. And like you said, it's not like he was, you know, saying this guy sucked, this guy sucked, this guy sucked and I was good. He he brought everybody it, he he made it a team thing and I I was fine with it. I mean, it's he's, he's the franchise. He's the face of the NFL. He can, he can really do whatever he wants. Honestly,
2: <laughs> Matt, as always, mate, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us again. We'll talk soon, bud.
1: Hey, thanks a lot. Take care guys. Take Matt. As always,
2: right, uh, we
0: we got, we got about three minutes left here. So uh, before we, before we head to a little break, but uh, it feels good to be back. Feels good to be back on the mic it does computer in it, front of me looking at mm. your face talking some football i love it it's i feel like it's been months but it's really only been about like three weeks
2: no man it, it, it has felt like forever so um yeah we'll be right back after a short little break uh after the break keep talking about everything going on i'll tell you everything i saw in mobile talk a little bit of draft stuff as well so a lot to get to on this edition of laces out we're back thanks for joining us and we will be back after this Hey, what's up everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homester with you. And uh, like we said to kick off this show, him and I have been on the busiest path of our careers, really. I mean, this is uh, the first year we've really been uh, integrated into the media. It's a fun uh fun thing to be a part of so um during, during COVID but, no less too yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who would have so, thought
0: that uh we'd be the most busiest time during a global pandemic so good for us
2: yeah and luckily for us I mean things seem to be slowly but surely getting a little bit better um and we were able to do the things that we've done the past couple weeks so uh, I was in Mobile for the Senior Bowl what an experience that was um there <sighs> I can't even put into words. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I was hanging out with mm-hmm. Ben Albright for a couple of days. Him and Ryan Edwards. So that was a lot of fun. Um, ben Albright, man. You know, I brought the best clothes I could think to bring, and, it and didn't that, even
0: match up. Let me guess. Man, there's of no. Course, of course, there, I want to. I want to see a tour of that man's closet.
2: It was so the first full day I was there. I walked down to him, and um, I was wearing my nicer, like, casual boots um my blue i like blue like jogger type jeans on nice ripped up i look like i was ready to be in a music video <laughs> and uh it was a little bit chillier that day so i was wearing a maroon sweater my hair looked great i walked down ben albright he's wearing um similar almost similar pants the more like um they're jogger type but they were like chinos and he uh, had yes. these he had these white shoes that didn't go past his ankle, with roses on the side of them. And he knew, oh, I respect the rose game. He knew that. Now, uh, uh, Ben, you know, I brought my best clothes simply to see if I could outcompete you. And I see the <laughs> shoes right away. I know I've lost.
0: I, I think uh, you didn't. You, you sent me a video the night you guys went out. He had some kind of
2: jacket on. The most outrageous jacket. <laughs> he wore this this one blazer. It looked just outrageous. And Ryan Edwards is a co-host in Denver. Uh, you know, him and I were talking, and we we're like, "Well, Benjamin Albright, he's he's the Sterling Archer of this group, isn't he?" For those of you who <laughs> haven't seen Archer, go ahead and yes. give it a watch. But no, hanging out with those guys was a lot of fun. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of football to be talked about um, in terms of, of the draft, and um, there are a lot of guys down there who are going to make an impact. And I would be remiss, and I'm going to make Ryan Edwards proud right now, if I didn't talk about Richie Grant safety Oof, at a UCF because you you were you were hyping this man up all my. Long. Goodness, Kurt. The tell things that that tell me about him. Let me let so, me hear it. Yeah, Tuesday practice, uh, the first day of practice. I mean, he looked solid. Um, he made a play on a ball that Mac Jones had thrown to Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. He was the lone deep safety. The interception went right through his hands, but he still made the play on the ball. Next day, uh, I believe he had an interception in one-on-ones. He was all over the field, and then just when you think he couldn't get any better, Thursday he intercepted Jamie Newman twice in 11 on 11s. He's all over. dude. He in terms of guys who made the most money for themselves that week, Richie Grant is definitely at the top of that board. He might've snuck into the first round, late first round. He'll be wow. a second round guy. I would, I would bet, you know, I would be shocked if he went any later than, you know, the late second round. He, he looked phenomenal, but, um, you know, I mean, there was a lot of guys down there who, who looked really good. Uh, Receiver wise, um, you know, Kadarius Tony was down there. He did have a little problem with drops throughout the week, but I mean, his route running was super crisp. Shy Smith out of South Carolina is a guy who will be Love rising up.
0: Love he'll that be, guy.
2: I know. He'll be rising up some boards. Um, he'll probably be you know anywhere between that third to fourth round, uh, type pick. But I think he'll be a solid contributor for a team next year, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I, a I have a feeling.
0: Th- I have a feeling there's going to be a, a sneaky amount of good wide receivers in this draft because last year it's incredibly the draft, stacked. That last year it was my God. Look at the talent in this wide receiver group coming into the draft. I feel like this group maybe isn't getting as much love rightfully. So, you know, maybe there's not as good as last year, but there are some very, very good pieces that could be added to any NFL team. And I think they can make a difference in the first year, which is kind of rare that we see from a rookie wide receiver. So, I mean, you, you mentioned a guy like Tony, I, I look at it, look, look at a guy like Rondell Moore. I love Rondell Moore and everything that I've seen from him out of Purdue I think there could be some, some guys in this draft that maybe slip a little bit and could really make a difference in, in their first
2: couple of years in the league. So let's play GM and do a little bit of draft talk because obviously teams that need a lot of different pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them that really comes to mind right away is the bears, because yes. we look at what they, one, they don't have a lot of draft capital this year. I believe they only have six picks. Um, if I'm them, I'm trying to get one of these quarterbacks. I'm trying to move up and try to get somebody. And, a lot of their problems can be solved with the right guy. And mm-hmm. you look at there t- there's teams in the top five to 10 range that they could definitely afford to trade up with. It's just a matter of, okay, if they really like a guy like Zach Wilson, odds are he's not falling out of the top three. So you're going to have to try to make a move with C- with uh, Miami. Or you're going to have to try to sweet talk the jets if they like Sam Darnold. So there's a lot that kind of goes back and forth, but let's say they can get a Zach Wilson and trade up and we go, to the second round, and Rondell Moore still sitting there. Can you imagine an NFL offense with Rondell Moore and Zach Wilson?
0: Ooh, okay, I like that. The big arm cannon just hit him downfield 80 yards. The only thing that's tough with this though is Chicago. You made the great the playoffs. That's that's great. That's awesome. But you weren't going anywhere in the playoffs. I'm not saying you know intentionally missed the playoffs for a better draft spot, but they're sitting 20 right now. It's going to take a a hefty amount if they want to get up to you know get one of the top guys. It's gonna it's gonna take some serious draft capital if they're trying to get up to a team like like Atlanta at four or Cincinnati at five because Cincinnati doesn't need a quarterback. I think that could be the the sweet spot for Cincinnati or for sorry for uh, Chicago if you're trying to trade up. Cincinnati's sitting at five. They got Joe Burrow. You give him 20, you give him another pick there, you're sitting at five, that could get you, what? I, I think Zach Wilson could be there at, at five, unless a team really, really loves him, and Jarrett's the GM of their team, because I know you're obsessed with him.
2: No, the Mormon piss missile wouldn't make it past number two <laughs> um, if I were an NFL GM. Now, obviously, Trevor's going to go number one. That's written in pen at this point. I mean, he's he's going to go number one, as he should. I mean, he's phenomenal. Um, and in terms of the best pure, just raw arm talent, I think Zach Wilson's got the best, arm in this draft I think he's just uh, I can't say enough good things about Zach Wilson he's he's like he's got the feet of Kyler Murray he's a little bit slower than Kyler obviously but the arm of a Josh Allen almost I mean he's almost like a little hybrid put together where you know he's not as good a runner as Kyler but he's still a very good runner he doesn't have Mm -hmm. the arm that Josh Allen does but no one really does in terms of just the power of it but you combine that into one guy he's he's insane Mm -hmm. so I mean we look at the teams in the top five right now the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Then it's the Jets at two dolphins at three Falcons four, Bengals five. If you're Atlanta, would you consider moving out of that spot? I mean, they seem to be pretty tied to Matt Ryan for at least one more year with his contract. If they wanted to draft a guy a year early, let him groom. Uh, we could see a guy like Justin Fields go there, or if they really like Trey Lance, maybe take him over Justin Fields. There's a lot of different teams that if you're a team like Chicago or another team, that needs a quarter. I mean, hell we can even go down the list. Who else? would need a quarterback san francisco at 12 if they don't get one of these if it's not kurt cousins they didn't get matthew stafford if they don't get deshaun watson if for some reason you know carson wentz becomes part of a conversation they don't get him they're gonna have to try to trade up for one of these guys because they mm-hmm. need a quarterback um we, we, we haven't up. really seen it
0: in the past because they've had a guy for 20 years the new england patriots are sitting at 15 and cam newton's not going to be there jared stidham is by no means the answer Uh, they're gonna bring in Brian Hoyer and start him I I think if they sit at 15 I think we could see them make a move for a guy like Mac Jones but I I guess I, I wouldn't be totally totally surprised if we make if we see them make a move not necessarily maybe up to three or four but I could see them switching out with a team like What what if Detroit wants to make another move? Detroit says, give me more draft capital. Give me all the pieces I can. Let me get 12 new guys in this draft. And they move up to seven. There could be somebody sitting there at seven for New England that they really, really love.
2: I'll say this, though. The top three guys in terms of my quarterbacks, I love. I Trevor's going to be fantastic. Zach Wilson's going to be very good. And I think Trey Lance is going to be really good. Justin Fields is a guy who I think is hit and miss. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's good. I wouldn't be surprised if he's bad. After that, I think all of them are going to be career backups and journeymen. A few of them go to the XFL to see what they can do. I don't see anything from anybody else in this class. So that leaves some thinning, and that's going to mean some guys are going to be overdrafted. I think Mac Jones is going to be one of them. He's yes. going to go in the first yes. round, and it's going to be a wasted pick for whoever takes him. I don't think he's going to pan out to be much of anything. I don't, um, I don't
0: either. I, 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 I The exact same mindset as you. Somebody's going to take him in the first round, just because they need a quarterback and they say, Hey, this guy went to Alabama. This guy won a national championship. We saw some things that we like and we really need a quarterback. So I'm going to take them. Why not? But it, it just seems like a new England thing to do because they don't really draft that well. They really <laughs> haven't in the past. They made a deal with the devil and got Tom Brady in the sixth round. And they've really haven't had to do anything else. Hard work other than that. They've just had to ride him. So, um, yeah, I think somebody's going to reach for Mac Jones. There's going to be a lot of guys. That, it, this this draft is weird because a lot of these guys opted out. A lot of these guys didn't play a full season. Didn't you know? They didn't play to their full extent because of COVID this year. So that that makes some guys rise up a little more. Maybe not going to pan out in the NFL. But that also makes guys that I think are going to drop because NFL executives haven't seen every everything from them. And they might forget about them and they might fall further down the draft board for somebody to find a steal in the late round.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's definitely fair to, to, to point out. One other thing I want to talk about in New England, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to be with San Francisco next year. They wait for him to release him. They swoop in, say, come back home, son. And Jimmy Garoppolo ends up back in New England. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Why not?
0: It's definitely a possibility. Yes. Okay. But there's,
2: We keep going down the list, Kurt. I mean, you look at teams that really need – I mean, Washington, I don't think they're going to roll with Taylor Heineke. They might give him a chance to win the job in camp and just be the guy who starts to start the season. Mm -hmm. He's not the long-term answer. No. At least I don't think – I don't think he's the long-term answer. I mean, he had one hell of a playoff game and more power (laughs) to him. Good job. But I don't think he's the answer by any means. Indianapolis is sitting at 21. If they don't get one of these guys in a trade or free agency or whatever, they're going to – I mean, there's so many teams – Eventually, they're just going to run out of quarterbacks and they're just going to have to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, the good news for the Colts is that at least they still got Jacoby Brissett on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. So, worst comes to worst, worst, they've got him and they were competitive with him. They went, what, eight and eight the last time he was starter, set nine and seven? They're the thing
0: thing with Indianapolis is you, you have all the pieces to win a Super Bowl. You just need a quarterback. Maybe, you know, add in a few other pieces, maybe another weapon, but. You are extremely, extremely close. Do not waste it. Do not say, yeah, maybe we'll get guy next year. We'll just do a bridge guy this year. Go for it. Go for it this year because there's no guarantees in this NFL. You can have guys under contract for five years. You can have a great head coach. There's no guarantees that you're going to be good. Go for it now. You were close with Phil Rivers, who was older than dirt. Get a young guy that you like, bring him in and win it. Your division stinks You can win that division. You can make a run in the playoffs. I think Indianapolis, they can't play scared. They need to just go for it this offseason.
2: And the only thing that's playing to the disadvantage of the Colts is the fact that the best quarterback that's going to be available is in their division, and there's a negative percent chance that the Texans would would ever deal Deshaun Watson to Indianapolis. Yes. And that's the only thing that's really playing against them right now is the fact that they have the cap space to have Deshaun Watson they definitely have the capital to try to get them there. It's just a matter of, okay, yeah, Houston's never going to trade Deshaun Watson oh, to Indianapolis. So right. that leaves them looking elsewhere. What do you do? Because, I mean, do you try to make a move for Sam Darnold? I, that's definitely been murmured about for the past several weeks. Yeah. If you try to get a Kirk Cousins, reunite him with Frank Reich. I think that's a good idea. So it's not that they don't have other options.
0: That is true. And I don't know. I The, the Carson Wentz saga just – it doesn't make sense to me a lot of the time. Uh, I, I think that he would be best if he gets out, but no team is going to want to get up, give up a lot for him because you don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, but w- while we're on the topic of, of quarterbacks here, uh, let me, Oh, hang on. I got, I got some ad playing for me or something. All right. So oh, that's exciting. while we are on the topic of quarterbacks, let me run through some of the free agent quarterbacks we have coming up for this off season. So, the list is not very attractive. We got <laughs> Dak Prescott's on there, but we don't really know what the deal is with him. He's coming off yeah. a major surgery. Seems like Dallas wants to bring him back. I would I would expect he'll come back. Uh, yeah. so he'll probably end up in Dallas.
2: All signs uh, point to the fact that he's going to either be tagged again this year, which if, his, yes. if they tag him again this year, I would bet a lot of money he's gone in 2022. So yeah. they're going to try yeah. to get a long-term deal done, but more than likely he'll be back in Dallas. To
0: your point on Jacoby Brissett, he is a free agent. I did not know okay. that. Okay, so I, yeah, I was going to say,
2: can remember if he was or not.
0: Okay, so Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, eh. Ryan Fitzpatrick, eh. you're not going to get much from him. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, AJ McCarron, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, RG3, who I love so much, Matt Barkley, Cam Newton, Joe Flacco. This This list just keeps getting uglier and uglier as I keep going down. So if you're going to make a move, if you're a team that needs a quarterback, make one now for a trade before he's gone, because you're not going to get much production from this free agent class coming up.
2: You know, honestly um, I'll make a quick Steelers point. I wish that they would have tried to sign Andy Dalton instead of just going and getting Dwayne Haskins, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I would have rather had that anyway. uh, Yeah. It's a horrible free agent class because Dak Prescott is going to be back in Dallas. And then after that, it's a bunch of backups. So it's not as if we have that big guy who's a free agent, you know, like it was with Kirk Cousins um, a few years ago when he signed with Minnesota. It's not as if we have a Tom Brady situation this year. So it's it's a thin, thin herd, and that's going to leave a lot of – I mean, Kirk Cousins has been centered around some trade rooms to San Francisco, reuniting him with Kyle Shanahan, which would make sense for San Francisco. But aside from the guys who are centered around trade talks, those are really the only ones that – would be worth going after. I mean, there's not a guy in free agency who you can point to and say, yes, let's get that guy. You know, yeah, it's exactly. going to be, you trade for Sam darn, you trade for Kirk cousins, you trade for Carson Wentz. It's, it's a thin thin line and it's going to leave a few teams as it does every year, you know, with a quarterback who might not be starting material and mm-hmm. it's going to leave them winning four games and trying to figure it out the next year, which you know, as bad as that may be, you don't want to be a team like Chicago with a good defense Right. Stuck with another Mitch Trubisky situation where you just don't have the guy. <laughs>
0: I, I think Chicago's another team that they're, I don't want to say in the same boat as Indianapolis because Indianapolis is a better team, but Chicago is close. They, they really are. They can be close. They need a quarterback. They have some nice weapons on offense. Maybe bring in another guy who knows what's going on with Allen Robinson this off season. You have a great defense. Go for it go do it. You know, you traded a lot of picks for Khalil Mack. That's, that's fine. Khalil Mack's a great player. Don't just sit back and say, Hey, we're not giving up on Mitch Trubisky yet. We'll see what he has. He doesn't have it. I I'm telling you, he does not have it. Find somebody make a run because we've seen some flashes from this team where they've been okay. And their division isn't great outside of green Bay. They get, they could be competitive. I mean, we saw them just barely squeak into the playoffs this year, but Chicago's close and there, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that are going to have a very important off season. And this off scene is easy, This off season is going to be very weird because the cap is going down. A lot of good players are going to be released just simply because teams can't afford them. Not that they can't play anymore. Just teams can't afford them. So it's going to be interesting this off season. Uh, I'm not sure the exact date when when free agency opens up, but uh, J.J. Watt's free to sign whenever, March 17th. Okay, so J.J. Watt is is free to sign whenever, so I'm I'm waiting for that news to break.
2: Yeah, and that's another, you know, obviously that's going to be a big domino to fall, but I think once this first quarterback gets dealt, that's going to be kind of, okay, he's there. Now we can start kind of putting the pieces together. Right now we don't really know.
0: That's what I thought the Matt Stafford trade was going to be. I thought, I, yeah, Sean Watson was going to follow right after that, but not that was not the case.
2: And the thing with the Stafford trade is one, I never expected him to go to the Rams. I thought it was pretty set in stone that he was going to be a 49er because that's what, you know, a lot of people were saying, yeah, it looks like, you know, San Francisco's yeah. in, in conversations, which they were. And then the Rams just came in and said, yeah, we'll give you a few ones, which <laughs> I don't blame the 49ers for not doing that. But at the same time, the 49ers are much better defensively when fully healthy than the Rams are. And if you put Matthew Stafford on that team, you got a really solid chance of making a run at a Super Bowl. And so I think John Lynch might have been more keen in giving at least a first-round pick there and a few other picks. I, I wouldn't have killed him so much as we have kind of killed the Rams for giving up their first-round picks because defensively, the 49ers went completely healthy, arguably the best defense in football. They got a lot of offensive weapons. It's I think it was a missed opportunity for them not getting Stafford because now they're kind of left all right now we've got to go find somebody else who's not going to be as good.
0: Yeah, and San Francisco's right in there too. They're they're about a quarterback away from you know, they made it to the Super Bowl, but it wasn't from the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo. So, they're close but I will give it I, I will I'll give some credit because credit is due to the Los Angeles Rams. They have they haven't had a first round pick in, in years and they won't for many years to come but they have drafted well when they have draft picks. I mean, you, you look, they, they get a guy like Cooper cup. They get a guy like Tyler Higby, They get a guy who else did they draft in the late round. Cam Akers who's kind of coming around at the second half of the year. Um, John Johnson. I mean, they, they have drafted well when they get the chance to, it's just, they don't really get a lot of chances to. So I would be interested to see if they could maybe find a way into the first round, but I don't think that's going to happen until what is it? 2024.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that's the year that they have a first round pick. But no, uh, the Rams are just constantly in win now mode. Which I mean, it served them well. They've made it to the Super Bowl and they've only missed the playoffs once under the under Sean McVay. And that year that they missed it, they still went nine and seven. So it's not as if they've ever been bad since Sean McVay took over. I mean, they won eleven and five that first year. They won the NFC West. They've gotten just he's definitely changed the culture there, and he's just constantly kept them in a sense of no, we're still trying to win. And it's cost them a few first round picks, obviously. So. And we'll see if that formula keeps you know, keeps succeeding. But like Matt said earlier in the show, I mean, eventually that's, that cap space is going to catch up with them. At the same time, though, we thought that before with the whole Gurley and Cook situation, and they offloaded yeah. both of them and seemed to just keep on churning. So uh, until proven otherwise, I mean, they're, they're a constant playoff team. And as long as Sean McVay is there, I'm excited to see what Matthew Stafford can do with Sean McVay. I think that's going to be yeah. a lot of fun.
0: And Matt, Matt Stafford finally, finally has some weapons to work with. Uh, they need to – the Rams definitely need to invest some some draft capital and some money in, in an offensive line. Uh, Jared Goff struggled terribly last year because his offensive line was bad. I don't want to see Matt Stafford back there getting crunched play after play after play because we've seen that. He, he gets hurt every once in a while. So I want to see him fully healthy with a fully healthy team around him I think I think the Rams could be kind of fun to watch, but I still don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl.
2: I don't think they're going to be in the Super Bowl either. I think they'll be a playoff team. They might win another playoff game, get to the divisional round, play a little bit of spoiler. They'll be a tough out. They're going to be a, a tough team to beat, but there definitely are better teams in the NFC than them. So you know, there's a lot that's that's going to happen. You know, between now and then, we'll be able to kind of decide it more. Um, and,
0: and we'll be we'll be in on it, being able to talk about it, because I don't think I don't have anything coming up, really. So uh, I'm, I'm stuck in quarantine right now just because got back from Florida and Florida just doesn't really believe in mass. So I'm just being safe. I don't have any symptoms, feeling good, feeling great. So just just hanging at home. So glad we can talk some
2: football here. Yeah, you and I both have. it has been far too long since we've sat down and done this. But, um, you know, I kind of want to run this is an impromptu type thing, but okay. I kinda wanna run a quick top 10 mock draft just okay. for everybody to see. Right, so I, I was not prepared for this. Let me, yeah, no, <laughs> I know. I have just throwing it on you. So <laughs> yeah. I'm in the PFN mock draft simulator right now. Okay. Right. So I'm if we wanted to, out. I yeah, yeah. We can go pick by pick. We'll just have each of us select. All right, um, I like this. Yeah. So for everybody listening at home, you're getting just really on the fly journalism
0: right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, I'm good to go. I think. Yeah, we can
2: it. even do the entire first round if we like, and we can do trades. So oh, we, can, we, we can. We might make have. This... This... We might
0: have to. We might have to plan for that. Let me. Let me plan for that. Let's that's just do fair. top ten now, and then we'll. All right. We'll do a full one another well, time.
2: That's fine. So keep an eye out for that going forward. But um, I'll give you the honor of going first here uh, oh, as the Jacksonville Jaguars
0: this is tough um hmm i guess goldilocks himself trevor lawrence who else is it gonna be if 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 trevor lawrence isn't the first overall pick the world is going to end so yes trevor lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville jaguar continue please
2: all right so the jets are number two there's been a little bit of murmurs that robert Salah might like sam darnold but i'm not i never put any stock into a new head coach saying yes we really like that guy because it's all Smoking mirrors because remember a few years ago when cliff kingsbury took over in arizona josh rosen is our quarterback and then he traded josh <laughs> rosen and drafted kyler murray so um i think that's a lot of what we're gonna see here sam donald's gonna get moved it's just a matter of where and when so with the number two overall pick the new york Jets select the mormon piss missile zach wilson going mm. to the new york jets
0: why am i not surprised <laughs> it's
2: phenomenal and all right it, if they get a few weapons around him, you know, bringing a guy like a Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, maybe a Marvin Jones and Allen Robinson, depending, that could be a very mm-hmm. fun team to watch.
0: Okay. All right. Miami, on the board with number three, it should be the Houston Texans, but uh, Miami swooped in there. It's their pick now. They, they could go a, a, two different options here. I, I think you either go wide receiver or you go offensive line. And the way I'm going to do it, I'm having them take Pene Sewell out of Oregon, Oof. put a absolute brick wall in front of Tua tonga because if he doesn't have a strong, strong presence in front of him, he's not going to be great. He, he really – he's he's going to struggle because I don't think he's a quarterback that can really do it all himself. So give him Pene Sewell. Give him that protection he needs. You could go with a guy like Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. But I think you can find a wide receiver later, like we were talking about earlier with the wide receivers in this draft.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, That is not where I expected you to go. So you you threw a curveball at me. No, I thought you were going to go with a receiver, whether it be Jamar Chase, whether it be Jalen Waddle, because God knows that Miami needs help there. But they do have another first round pick. So it's not as if they can't uh, they can't get another guy later on. So that brings us to Atlanta. Their pass defense was atrocious this past year. God knows they need a lot of help in that in that department. So they're going to take the best cornerback available. We're going to see Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech go off the board. You watch his film, man. He is so sticky. He used to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got that in his mind. In high school, he was a quarterback. So he was kind of able to just be like, yeah, I know what's going to happen here. He's able to stick to his man, read these things very, very well. I love everything about him. He's the best cornerback in this draft. Caleb Farley goes to Atlanta.
0: Okay. All right. Hang on. Let me, let me uh, put this in my... I got mine going here too. Okay. So the Bengals are on the clock at number five. What do you got? They you are. got your quarterback. You got your franchise quarterback. Finally, the team isn't great. They need a lot of help, but AJ green is not, is not the guy that he used to be. Um, is, he Is he a free agent?
2: I believe AJ green is going to be a free agent. Yeah. So that leaves okay. him with Tyler Boyd and uh, T Higgins at receiver
0: and now Devontae Smith, because Joe Burrow, give Joe Burrow anything he wants. And these top three wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, it's not going to be easy really to to pick between the three of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Devontae Smith just won the Heisman, but those other two guys are extremely talented and in any other year could be the number one wide receiver. But Give Joe Burrow his guy, you know. Unite the LSU and the Alabama guys together, and and let them ride. So Devontae Smith, number five to the Bengals.
2: Now it might be a little bit easier to kind of say, yeah, maybe not Jalen Waddle, simply because of the injury he sustained. I get it was back in what October. He should be fine, but Mm -hmm. I think with the year that Devontae Smith had, obviously winning the Heisman, he deserves this. So yeah, no, that would be a lot of fun seeing Burrow and Devontae Smith and that offense kind of take off. Um, So we'll see how that plays out. That's a that's a solid pick. That brings us to Philadelphia, who is just the Philadelphia Jets at this point because my God, they are just awful and every in every way possible they're bad. Yes. And God only knows the amount of help that they need at every position that is on the board. And you know what? I kind of am, I might throw a little bit of a curveball as well because for the past couple months I have mocked linebacker Michael Parsons to Philadelphia, and it just seems like a match made having considering the fact one he went to Penn State. Philadelphia is not very far away and um, you know, their linebackers are atrocious, but you know what else is atrocious in Philadelphia besides what? everything?
0: <laughs> wide receiver. The wide receiver,
2: the wide yes. receiver position. So, you know what? We're going to give them a guy who not only can be a wide receiver, you know, Zach Ertz is probably going to be on the outs. This is a guy you can put a tight end in the slot. We're going to have Kyle Pitts from Florida end up in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform going a little okay. bit higher than maybe some would project Kyle Pitts going number six to the Eagles.
0: I think, I think that guy is going to be a freak. I, if I really, he's used
2: right, if they use yes, him as yes. a predominant slot wide receiver, mm-hmm. then he will be an absolute freak.
0: Because tight ends are tough. Tight ends are are tough to develop in this league, tough to come in and, and produce right away. Um, but this guy just has – he's not just a big-body guy that's going to be good in blocking and run a guy over. He, he's very, very dynamic. Uh, so I like that pick. I, I like bringing him in. Now we got the Detroit Lions at seven um we were we were just talking about these guys this is a big big off season for them um they're they're sitting there Justin Fields is still still on the board and what do you do um you get Jared Goff I don't think they go quarterback if you're in this position right now I don't think they go quarterback I don't think they take Justin Fields they ride with Jared Goff see what he has and they go Micah Parsons. Their defense was terrible. Their defense was so bad last year. Matt Stafford played great, but their defense just was putrid. So get that quarterback of your defense, Micah Parsons. Who, if he played this year, maybe we would even be seeing him be talked about in the top three picks. He is. He could be the cornerstone of that defense. So, so I think the Lions get their guy there at seven.
2: It's a beautiful pick. I love everything about it. And he would be the immediate starter and an immediate impact player contender for rookie of the year. Michael Parsons yes. is going to be lands in Detroit. Love it. All right. That brings us to number eight, the Carolina Panthers. God only knows that they need help at the quarterback position. No offense to Teddy Bridgewater, but they're not going to go very far with him. Um, So that leaves two guys that are really at the top. It's either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And um, you know, you look at the system that the Panthers run, it's a lot of, you know, Matt Rule comes from a college game and it's, you know, becoming more and more evident that we've seen college aspects be introduced to the NFL level. A lot of read option, a lot of running quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Where's that leave them? That leaves them with, Oh, well, let you look at that Trey Lance quarterback at a North Dakota state, mm-hmm. man, this Trey Lance, you know, I did a film session on him last night and thank you to everybody who's shown that a lot of love. Um, his running style is absolutely absurd. He will plow over you without a second guess Mm. he's fast he's powerful he's got a rocket arm that's everything that carolina needs right now man
0: yes
2: um you match that with a healthy christian mccaffrey hey you've got it's a pick your poison type thing oh they're running a read option well we could either try to stop christian mccaffrey and let trey lance run over us or we could try to stop trey lance and have christian mccaffrey run past us so uh we'll see how this goes um and not to mention the fact you know um robbie anderson great year last year i think you get him a guy who can bomb the bomb the ball downfield consistently this could be a lot of fun. They need to get another receiver to put in there with them, um, and they need a tight end as well. So, I mean, if Kyle Pitts falls to that spot, it would be remiss for me to say that they should take Kyle Pitts over Trey Lance, but I think eventually they're going to get one of these tight ends, probably the second or third round, just to try to build up this offense. Last year it was all about defense for the Panthers. This year it needs to be all about offense. They get their guy Trey Lance.
0: Okay. All right, then we're sitting at number nine. At this point, we're not doing trades in this draft, but at this point, if Justin Fields is still on the board, there's a trade that will happen. Yes, exactly. But since that's not the case and we're not doing trades, do you think Detroit or sorry, do you think Denver would take Justin Fields? Do you think they have faith in drew lock? Because I know I don't have faith in him. You put Justin Fields with the weapons that they have in Denver. That's a brand new team, my friend.
2: Here's the thing with Drew Locke. For me, he played phenomenal at the end of his rookie year. That four-game stretch was great. This year, he dealt with the shoulder injury from week mm-hmm. two on, missed I think about four or five games. Comes back, the offensive line isn't very good. He gets hit a lot. He's already playing hurt. Yep. The Broncos are probably the second most injury-ridden team throughout the entire league. I'm not saying that that's an excuse for him, but it was his first four years a starter that he didn't even okay. get to play the entire year of. He's still very young. He's still learning. And he, he improved on the stretch. I mean, he looks solid in very many moments. And the last month of the year. So I'm not saying I'm out on drew lock, but he does have a lot to prove in this spot. If I'm drawn Elway, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it, I don't, I obviously. Don't know either. I, I think
0: you, it's so hard to pass up on a, on a guy like Justin Fields. If he's on the board again, somebody probably would trade in and, and scoop him up, but why not? I'm just, this is only our first mock draft that I'm doing on the fly, by the way. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to have Justin Fields going in there. Number nine to Denver. They get their quarterback, let it fly last pick of our first mock draft here, who are the Dallas Cowboys taking?
2: Oh, the Dallas Cowboys were abysmal defensively last year, Um, which, I mean, it's kind of shocking. I mean, they got Leighton Vandresch. They got Jalen Smith. They got Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, they got a solid front seven that just looked really bad, and I think that surprised a lot of people. You look on the offensive side of the ball, it's, you know, Dak was hurt, so that kind of really took him out of everything. Zeke didn't look good. Amari Cooper, I mean, they seem to be pretty okay at receiver with Cooper. Um, if Gallup will be back, I believe he is still under contract with them. But they need help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, specifically, you know, it wouldn't kill them to get another guy in the secondary. Mm-hmm. So we're going to head down. We're going to give them cornerback Patrick Sertain yes. out of Alabama mm-hmm. because God knows that they need it. Um, yes. Now, they need help a little bit in the front seven as well defensive tackle is a big need for them it wouldn't surprise me if they would go quitty pay from michigan here um or if they wanted to go a guy off the edge whether that be somebody like uh, Jalen phillips gregory roseo i mean there's a few of them that would be you know top 15 guys if they want to go christian barmore from from alabama he'll be a guy that goes in the first round so they've got a lot of options here but they need help at cornerback badly their pass defense wasn't good so i'll give patrick Sertan out of alabama to the Dallas Cowboys to round out our our top ten. So to give everybody Beautiful. a quick recap, uh, number one, the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence. The Jets at number two take Zach Wilson. Number three, Kurt throws a little bit of a curveball. Penny Sewell out of Oregon, offensive tackle goes to the Miami Dolphins. Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech, to the Falcons. Wide receiver Devonte Smith out of Alabama, the Heisman winner. He'll be paired up with another Heisman winner, Joe Burrow, in Cincinnati. The Eagles get a much-needed threat on offense, getting Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Micah Parsons becomes the next focal point of the defense for the Lions, going number seven. Trey Lance is the next guy at quarterback for the Panthers. Justin Fields goes number nine to the Denver Broncos, leaves the leaves the Broncos a little bit of a quarterback question in terms of where they're going to move Drew Locke after drafting Justin Fields, and then the Cowboys get a little bit of help in the secondary with Patrick Sertain out of Alabama.
0: That is a That is a hell of a first round or first ten picks for us. Uh, we will have a, a full first round mock. When this I is going to be prepared. what we do
2: for the next two months. <laughs> this is yes. this is uh, a time where we just are able to kind of just pick Speculate. and choose. Yes. yes, a lot of speculation, a lot of uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, stick with us in terms of all the draft talk that's going to be happening, all the trade talk that's going to be happening. There's going to be a lot of movement in this NFL offseason. Um, you know, you saw Sheffy's list. He projects, you know, there could be 18 no. quarterbacks that are moved, which is insane. Um, so we're going to, we're going to have a lot to talk about for the next few months leading up to the draft and then post draft talk, you know, seeing where all these guys land and what that means going forward, free agency and everything. So the NFL never sleeps and neither do Kurt Thomas or Jared Bailey, as we are finally back after a two week hiatus yes, doing sir. the work that we needed to do. Um, so we appreciate, first of all, We appreciate all you guys who have kept up with the work that we've done the past two weeks. Obviously me being a mobile for the senior bowl, Kurt being down in Tampa for the super bowl. It's always been a surreal two weeks for us, you know, just trying to grow in this industry, climb the ladder.
0: I I do want to say, uh, down in Tampa, I was with a, a group of 40 of us. So we, uh, we, we didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody coming in all. We were all strangers coming in. Uh, we left best friends. So, I know, I know. We got a lot of them that subscribe to this show, and uh, they said they're going to give us a listen. So, if anybody's listening from the Living Sport family, I love you. I appreciate you, and uh, hopefully, see you guys soon. Because uh, Tampa was a lot of fun, but yes, like you said, we got we got a full off season here, and we are going to be covering it week by week, day by day on Twitter. So you guys can follow along with me on Twitter at Kurt K U R T H A U M E S S E R eighty eight. And Jarrett, where can they find you?
2: You can find me at Jay Bailey NFL. Um, a lot of Steelers stuff for Sports Illustrated coming, A bunch of stuff on fan sided. Um, keep an eye out for a piece that will be coming, especially Steelers fans. Um, I have a I have a little surprise for you, is what I'm saying. A oh, few cool. few special okay. guests. Kurt, I'll, t- I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Um, what I've got uh, coming. But um yeah, a little bit of a a little bit of a tease coming in terms of uh, guys I'm gonna be sitting down with and having conversations with in terms of what, who could be the next the next Pittsburgh Steelers and what they can bring to the table? So a little Sweet. bit of a of a sneak peek there, um, but yeah, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. It feels damn good to be back doing this. Uh, we'll be pushing more episodes every week, so stay tuned. You can follow us on our new Twitter handle at the Laces Out Pod um, over on right. Twitter. So uh, hit us so up there as well. This is to me. So right, yeah, don't that. worry. I I went in and uh, <laughs> I made it. I I wanted to I wanted some changes, so okay, we did good. that. Right. So right. okay. so yeah follow us at the Laces Out pod and our personal Twitters as we previously mentioned. This is Laces Out. We appreciate y'all and it feels damn good to be back and we'll be back next week to break down everything going on around the NFL.
0: See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
1: on YouTube.